be here now. And, and you, you are who you are right now. You, it, we're in the process of developing, and, and there, are, there, are, there are plenty of things to develop. But, but to, take, to take delight in the day and in the moment, uh, I believe that that's what she's talking about is, are you all there? Uh, we have all these conversations that we participate in, and, and sometimes we dominate. Uh, doesn't, that's not what it's all about. Taking stock is part of the, uh, of the process of getting better. So tough questions are important to ask. Thank you for joining us for Effective Heart Change. The podcast will discuss how to apply faith principles to real-life situations. This is Effective Heart Change. Well, Dale, it's good to be here, hard at it, again, on Effective Heart Change. Yes, it is. Seems just moments pass by, and here we are again. (laughs) Here we are again. I do love it, the whole world of recording and putting together programs like this, and hopefully we are blessing people. I know you and I enjoy it. We're blessing one another, so that's good. That's a good start. And we're glad that people choose to come along. Indeed. And, and it is good to reach more and more people as we go. We've been talking kind of just a mini-series here. We've been talking about relationships. What do you believe about relationships? Because what you believe ends up being important. And in the first one, I talked a lot about pain. Most people, their belief system about relationship is it's going to cause me pain, so I need tools to manage my pain. Uh, This one, we're transitioning to a place of what makes relationship worth it. And and you brought in a series of statements that are kind of like, you know, it, it doesn't say this anywhere in the statements, but as I read through the statements and I was thinking about how do we put this into a program, it's like, unless this I don't really want to do relationship with you, or rephrase it in a positive, I need you to be this way. I need you to respond this way. If you respond this way, then I want to do relationship with you. If you're not going to respond this way, well, I'm not sure it's worth my time. Uh, As we get into it, you'll understand that preamble there, uh, because uh, the lady that uh, wrote this uh, I'll just give you an example. The very first one is, it doesn't interest me what you do for a living. Uh, That's a a statement that she's making. It isn't that she doesn't care about that, but that isn't the point of emphasis for the relationship that she's looking for. Well, give the second half. I want to know what you ache for, and if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. And really, as I'm reading through these statements, the thing that I'm hearing here, you have a woman who is incredibly passionate, who wants to connect with the deeper passions of other people. And to her, that's what makes relationship meaningful. Now, there are people out there, to be fair, who are more productivity people, who it's like, if I'm going to do relationship with you, I want to connect in a way where we can accomplish something together. And so, relationship in that case becomes incredibly practical and, and very functional. Uh, that's not we're get, what we're getting here by these statements. 
when I when I first read this, the the thing that came to me was these are conversations that we have. What do you do for a living? What are you interested in? And 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 it's actually in in reality that we're we're not asking for a conversation. We're just playing it safe. And and what she's saying is. If, if if I can talk to you, I want to go deep. I want to find out really what stirs you, what what's what you're passionate about. She's a passionate person, and and that's what she's offering. I just I, I was just taken by the the casual conversation starters that that was she's not interested, don't care. Well, I'm sure she cares a little bit about it, but they're more important things. It's interesting. I had a couple who were both extremely adept at communication, seemingly adept at relationship, et cetera. And I threw that question at them. So what's your passion? And both of them were just like, huh? they stopped and got the dumb look and et cetera, because they had been trained in communication. They had been trained in these relationship starters. And so many of the things in here that she talks about are relationship starters. It's it's what we do. It's how we do relationship. And her point is deep, meaningful relationship gets to deep stuff. It gets to the areas where you really care about and I really care about. And can we move on from that? I don't want to do relationship unless it's deep, unless it's passionate, unless it's meaningful. And, and it's, it's really an encouragement to go deeper. And, and I, I just love that. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. You know, and that, that's an incredible measure of age. You know, there are people who are 10-year-olds who are already old. They're not willing to take risks. They're not willing to learn new things. They're very cautious. They're very timid. You know, their, their world is incredibly small and needs to be safe at a very high level. And then there are people who are in their 70s, 80s, 90s. They're still alive. They still have visions. They still have dreams. They're still comparatively young. It's interesting you're breaking that down because kids don't care if you ask their age until they get to be adults, probably. I mean, teenagers, maybe, maybe not. But then the old people don't really care if you ask them their age. In between, nobody wants to tell you the, their age. So uh, there's probably a breakdown in that, too, but I, I don't know what it is. Uh, who knows? I just know it's kind of fun to play that game with people. It's like, how old do you think I am? Yeah. You know, so, so you get into And you hope they compliment you. And, and you hope they, <laughs> they compliment you in that thing. Go low. <laughs> but the thing here that she's talking about, what makes relationship worth it to me is when I find someone who's willing to take risks, someone who's willing to jump in, where, where there's, there's a spark there. Again, she's telling us more about her than she is anything else, but she's saying, look, this is what I enjoy. This is what I like. This is what makes relationship meaningful. And in line with the series that we've been doing, it really is kind of important stuff. It's you know, get out of that, that safe place, get into a place of taking risk, get into a place of connecting at deeper, higher levels. It will make life meaningful. Well, let's take a few minutes, review where we've been, 
and then we'll continue. Let's go on with the the invitation is the name of this. And it's actually, she calls it poetry. Uh, It's it's an interesting form. She goes on to say, it doesn't interest me what planets are squaring with your moon. So people talk about what's what's your sign. And I think that's what that reference is. I want to know if you've touched the center of your own sorrow if you've been opened by life's betrayals or have become shriveled and closed from fear of further pain. This just caught me. And, and I gave it to you. I didn't know if you'd be interested or not. The fact that we both found interest in it indicates that we're interested in going deeper. And, and that's the encouragement we're trying to give this. Listen to that statement. I mean, to me, does that not validate what we're talking about? Most people shrink back from pain, and so their relationships consist of all of these relationship management tools. And so pain dominates relationship. She says, I want to know if you're going to shrink back from your fear or if you can face it and you can walk through it. And of course, I would add, with the grace of God, because I don't think you can. At some point, if, if the pain is so intense and you don't have the grace of God involved in it, I don't think you can walk that thing through with the kind of power you need to do quality relationship. Your pain will dominate whatever relationship you get into. But if you've got the grace of God and the healing and the comfort of God invited in, now I can face that pain and I can face that pain with you and I can connect with that. And Hopefully, if you're also in the grace of God and we're walking this thing out together, you can, you can extend that same thing back and forth. And now we're able to take some of the ugliest, most difficult parts of life and turn it into something that's meaningful. But the reality is in our day and age, uh, the internet has encouraged us to paint a picture of we don't have any pain, everything, I always look this good. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's not reality. And, and so that invitation to go deeper uh, is a wonderful thing to explore. Uh, you, you'll be surprised what you find. I have a particular guy that I'm thinking of on the Internet that the prettier it looks on Facebook, the more likely he's back to using. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's just invariably when he starts doing presentation stuff, it's like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. When he's pulled back from that and he's just being real, it's like, okay, we're doing fine. Presentation, life is wonderful, doing great, Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. The next one that she talks about, which also deals with pain, I want to know if you can sit with pain. Don't you love that language? Sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it or fade it or fix it. Powerful. One of the one-liners I use a lot in, in addiction recovery is you have to learn how to be okay with not being okay. There is a time to admit powerlessness. There is a time to admit that this thing is. 
and I don't know how to fix it. Until you have that, this thing is, and I don't know how to fix it, you're not going to listen to God. You're not going to listen to people who can speak into your life. You're going to revert back to your instincts of, this is what I do. This is how I fix this thing. This is how I, how I fight through. And if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you've always gotten. So this being able to just stop and sit in my pain, and she's talking about that, can we just be real with one another and not fix one another? That's an incredible statement. We were talking yesterday, and, and you, uh, you triggered something, and I wrote down, you need to make peace with pain. And then you talked about there has to be a purpose with it. So make peace with pain, but with purpose. And, and settling in, uh, it, and when she says set with it, to me, that's settling in, but it's settling in in a healthy way. It, they're, they're not quick fixes to deep problems. It's going to take some time. It's going to take effort. But you have to dig. You have to, you have to settle in and face the situation, do the necessary things to make progress. The reason I say it that way is because when I say settle in, I can settle into bad habits. I can settle into going on YouTube and painting the great picture of who I want to be. But I don't want to want to be. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be something real. And, and so that's why this speaks to me. We talked in the first segment a lot about you know, being adventurous, staying alive. We're talking in this segment about being able to face pain stand it down, find the purpose, which you just brought up, and, and go into that. Some statements that just really making us think and making us think about how we do relationship in ways that we don't normally do it. We'll take a minute. We'll ask some questions about where we've been, and then we'll continue. Continuing with the invitation, I want to know if you can be with joy, mine or your own, if you can dance with wildness and let the ecstasy fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes without cautioning us to be careful, to be realistic, to remember the limitations of being human. That brings it home, doesn't it? I love that because we've been talking about the fear and the pain and all of that. And you're like, this woman has a morbid fascination. And then you get this one. And it's like, that's why I said the passion piece. This woman wants to do passionate life. And are you willing to do passionate life? And so, you know, when it's time to be sad, go ahead and be sad. Drink the marrow of it. Experience the fullness of it. Let it do its work. James says that, you know. Let, let what? Pain. Let, let all of the things that come against you, let it do its work and develop its patience. But when it's time to be ecstatic, when it's time to enjoy, when it's time to celebrate, go there. I tend to be more of the pain guy. I grew up again in kind of almost a depression era mindset of uh, don't get your expectations too high. Uh, don't, don't go there. You know, I mean, my, my parents were really strong in that and grandparents. And so it's kind of like, you know, you, you, you got to tamp all that down. You, you, you can't get too high. You can't get too excited. You can't enjoy life too much because 
if you enjoy life too much, it's going to be painful when you stop enjoying life too much. And she's like, just the opposite here. It's like, do you know how to be ecstatic? You know how to dance? Do you know how to enjoy life? And I mean, this is one of those that I Let need. Let her rip. <laughs> exactly. This is one of those that I need to hear and I need to live more often, more passionately. That's what this, this writing does to me. Uh, it, it, it touches a, a deep spot in my psyche that uh, I, I, I enjoy life. And, 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 the, and the older I've gotten, the more I've enjoyed it because I allow myself to experience the highs and the lows. I, I was thinking of Jonah. <laughs> it, it, the, one of the things that God allows and, and Jesus actually promoted was that you, you deal with where you're at. And, and if you refuse to, you may get an opportunity to go deeper in it. And, and your, your title of your book, Going Deeper, keeps coming to mind, and especially, especially in this, because it's, what you're saying is, it's an effort, and you need to make it. And, and I believe God lets us go deeper in things, and, and they may be negative things. But because we go deeper into a negative thing and are still connected with God, He's going to bring opportunity to see what can change. And the great joy there is, even in slogging through the stuff. Yeah. And so even negatives can be turned to a positive. Absolutely. And what I said about me, a lot of times I stay more on the negative side. So I love these positive statements. Here's another one. I want to know if you can see beauty, even when it is not pretty every day. And if you can source your own life from its presence. Again, I, these are things, these are statements I need to hear. They're statements I need to respond to where I step back and you look at the sunset in the evening or or you look at the flowers, or you look at nature, you look at people, you look at whatever, and you're able to enjoy beauty. These, these are passion things that are important. And if you don't have some of this kind of thing going on in your life to counterbalance the sad, to counterbalance the heavy, what is life going to be like? And she goes on to say, I want to know if you can live with failure yours and mine, and still stand at the edge of the lake and shout to the silver to the sl- silver of the full moon, yes. So can you, can you bear up when you recognize the failure, you have the opportunity to see it for what it is, and then to move on. If we don't have that process of dealing with where we're at, spending time in that spot, and then progressing. With the, with the help and the guidance of God, you can do that. You, you don't need to dwell there and live there, but you need to look at it and deal with it, and then you have a chance to move on. It's interesting in recording. Every once in a while, uh, my producer says, I get the yups. It's like once I mess it up once, if I try to go back and redo it, that 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 framework of the failure is just, it just, it's like it's stuck there. And the ability to step back into it and to speak what I need to speak, I, 
You live, think, breathe inside of your spiritual flows, and that failure has been awakened in me. And because it's been awakened in me, all of a sudden it's controlling me, and I'm, I'm just struggling, and I can't get to that next step. Well, that's what she's talking about here. Can you look at it? And you've, you've got the silver moon, and you're, you're still looking back at beauty or whatever, and you're, you're able to live with your own failure. You're able to live with your own struggles and still see the beauty and wake up and not be so preoccupied with self that it continues to cause you to fail over and over again. Because why? I looked away from my own failure. It's okay. My own failure doesn't have to be so significant that it controls me. Well, we've been talking about failure and beauty and excitement and the positivity. I mean, we've kind of been on a lot of different themes here because the the statements go a lot of different directions. But let's take a moment to review, and then we will wrap it up in our final segment. We are back with Effective Heart Change. We've been talking today about a series of statements that really talk about life, and we've been talking kind of as an overview the last few programs about what do you believe about relationships and how do you do relationships in a way that life becomes full, it becomes rich. I mean, these are really important questions in terms of, you know, where are you going to end up in life? And and what is it going to look like? And we're looking at some statements that I think are, are both challenging and they're fun. Uh, a lot of times people do relationship in these very casual ways, very basic. And superficial so, would be my word. Superficial would be it. And it's not super. It's just official. It's just, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> so here's one. It says, it doesn't interest me to know. Now, this is one of the things that normally you would talk about. But she says, it doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have. I want to know if you can get up after the night of grief and despair, weary and bruised to the bone, and do what needs to be done to feed the children. I mean, that's that's an incredible statement. And I would go back to a phrase that I use, I call it solid godliness. You know, you, you get the people who are, they're shouting in church. You know, they're, they're singing the praises. They've got these highs going on. And, you know, we, we talked about Facebook or, or whatever, and they're, they're publishing this image of I have life together and, and all of that. But I'll tell you what, when it comes to getting up and feeding the kids after you've been knocked down, uh, they don't do so well with life. It's for show more than it is for real. And that's, that's sad. She goes on, it doesn't, it doesn't interest me who you know or how you came to be here. I want to know if you will stand in the center of the fire with me and not shrink back. Can I count on you? Uh, I, I, we talked, oh, they're a good friend. Uh, and then we talk bad about them. Or uh, we don't go and help them when they need help. Uh, she wants to know, are you going to be there? The questions that she comes with, uh, she's, she's, she's not saying, I'm not interested, but these are of less interest. I'm more interested in knowing 
Are you for real or is this some kind of show? And these are great questions that really drill down on what do you believe about relationship? If you don't believe it's worth it to fight through the fire, if you don't believe it's worth it to fight through the difficult times, you're not going to go there. And you will shrink back and you will disappear. So what you believe about relationship is powerful. One of the things that I say over and over again, the people who possibly could be the most meaningful in your life will will be the people who are most difficult to walk with. And, and almost invariably, there's an offense on the front end. There's a, a crash on the front end. There's a difficulty on the front end. I have seen it over and over and over again that those two people become incredibly close friends and it ends up being incredibly meaningful. That happens, but you've got to walk through the fire. Well, let's get to the last one. It doesn't interest me where or what or with whom you have studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when all else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and you truly like the company you keep in empty moments. In other words, can you be by yourself and, and, and not feel lost? Can you, can, you, can you take the time to examine and, and take inventory and then move on. Uh, it's, those are just, like you said, that's, those are great questions. I think that's one of the changes that I like about me, and it's hard to say stuff like that because, oh, no, I'm in pride or I'm, you know, whatever. I, you, you look at the biblical values and you start worrying about it. And, again, I'm not as good on the celebration side as I am on the pain side. But I love that question because I do feel like I'm more comfortable with me. I've learned more so now. This is who I am. This is who God created me to be. This is where I fit. This is where I don't fit. It's okay to be in those places you know, where I don't fit, and so I get to be a sit-down person. You've heard the language that we talk about. It doesn't mean I need to leave. I just sit down. I play a lesser role. I'm kind of off in the periphery. I'm off on the side. I I can do that. I I can be comfortable in that role. Or I can come over in the stand-up roles and be more in the center. And and, and I've I've learned to be more comfortable with me. And that's that's a neat place to be. And I, I, I love being more in that place. This statement really highlights that. Be here now. And and you you are who you are right now. You it, we're in the process of developing, and, and there, are, there, are, there are plenty of things to develop. But, but to, take, to take delight in the day and in the moment, uh, I believe that that's what she's talking about is, are you all there? Uh, we have all these conversations that we participate in, and, and sometimes we dominate. Uh, doesn't, that's not what it's all about. Taking stock is part of the, uh, of the process of getting better. So tough questions are important to ask. Incredibly important, and it's about how we do life, and it's about how we do relationship. And when you do life well, when you do relationship well, the quality gets better. And embedded in there, I, I, I want to highlight this one other thing. I want to know what sustains you from the inside. 
I'm going to go back to grace, which we've talked about a lot. When the grace of God is there, the presence of God is there, the strengthening of God is there, then I can face these things. Then I can do these things at an incredibly higher level than I ever could have done them on my own. May we all grow in the grace of God. And delight in it. And delight in it. Again, I want to make a final plea. We're going to be starting our Let It Go series, and we really want to increase the subscriber base. So whether it's on YouTube and you click the link, or whether it's on the podcast that you're on, we encourage you to share the program with other people, like it, comment on it. I really do believe the forgiveness material, it's going to be very practical. It's going to help walk people through how to get there. A lot of people want to be able to forgive. They just don't know how to get there. So partner with us, help us out by subscribing. And thank you for walking through this with us. And thank you for helping us touch lives. Video production, editing, and audio by Matthew. Set design and setup by Ashley. Content recorded live.